What is going on, everyone? Anthony Dillon here, back. Weekly ads, episode four. Yeah. Hey, Anthony. Hey, everyone. Um, there's there's a there's a lot going on in everything. I feel like lately, this last week after our uh, previous endeavor, um, one I want to jump on real quick. This isn't my big topic for the week that I'm bringing, but uh, Bradley Beal re-signed with the Wizards. Five years, $251 million. Congratulations on his part for five years, $251 million. Um, What the hell are you doing, bro, signing with the Wizards again? Like, three <laughs> years ago, he had a chance to leave. You know, he was talking trade rumors for the biggest amount of time and still has since he re-signed. And then all, then he was like, I'm re-signing. And I was like, okay, they brought Westbrook in. Uh, then they traded him, got Kyle Kuzma, did some things, all failed. No, nothing necessarily good came out of it. They made the playoffs with Westbrook, but, you know, got eliminated. And then now he re-signed. I think he just likes the D.C. area at this point. Um, yeah. Doesn't want to outbrew his family, but... I mean, good on his part for getting 251 out of it. I didn't realize it was that much. I just heard he re-signed. But if he's, I swear to God, if we hear trade rumors by the end of like this season, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Or if he decides he doesn't want to be there anymore. But I mean, were there any higher offers from any other teams or or anything? I don't think, close? I don't even know if he took the time to see another offer because it all went live uh, today. Yeah. Today, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he likes where he's at, his family likes it, and he just decided to go with the guaranteed money. Yeah, that's, I think, I think that's what he did. Um, congratulations to his part, though. Like I said, that's a, that's a lot of money. Good on him. He's a good hooper. Good dude. Yeah. Um, another one I want to bring up. What? This is my this is my this is my uh, topic I'm bringing this week. What would you say if USC was going to roll up into Michigan to play a game, or maybe USC Purdue or UCLA IU? Are we talking basketball, football? We're talking everything because USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten in 2024. Really? Yeah. It was a rumor this morning. Know. Yeah, as of this morning, it was a rumor from the like Mercury Times or whatever. And then about an hour or two ago, it just got announced that their uh, applications have been approved and they will be here in 2024. Wow. That's some big news. So so does that mean like the, the Pac-12 or whatever they are now, are they going to be the next one to, to fall apart completely? Oh, definitely. Those are, oh, yeah, 100%. Those are huge. I, I was I joked with uh one of my other friends earlier. I said, "Man, and this was we." I just read the rumor and I texted him. So this is before it actually like came out that it's happening. I was like, "Watch Oregon go to like the Mountain West now, or the what's <laughs> left of the Pac-12 combined with the Mountain West because like they just lost their two big two of the three biggest yeah. programs are gone. Yeah, they only had like nine teams anyway. So I think BYU is no BYU's going to." 
They're going somewhere. I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah, U- USC and UCLA. So like I I don't know which side of the Big 10 they'll be joining. I'm sure that's not finalized yet. But that's really weird. Just like, I don't know, being the age that we are, like, you always had, like, the big five conferences, and now it's all changing, and it's all changing very quickly, it seems like. And, like, that's pretty huge. Yeah. It'll be cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was, like, I mean, le- it's a lot better than when they got freaking Rutgers in uh, Maryland, or isn't yeah. that isn't that who they got the last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely an improvement from, from the last time they've gotten really crappy teams so that would be fun yeah i mean like ucla basketball programs on the rise uh i don't think the football program did too bad this last season i think they did more i think they did better than average um and then football basketball or yeah and then usc's basketball has been decent not like super insane but decent and then football wise they're trying to get back on track but but Lincoln Riley's there now, so that's obviously uh, something that's going to change. But yeah, like now, scheduling wise, like that's kind of crazy. Like, what games might come out of that? Yeah, definitely. I would honestly, I I hate it when now that these conferences are getting bigger, that they have like an East and a West division or something like that. I wish that it would just change like every year. So we could just see these teams face people in the other half of the division. Yeah. You know? mm. No, I'm with you on that I one. Just, what I don't, I don't want to. Well, it's like when the Big Ten redid it a few years ago. All the good teams were in like, wasn't it like the? Uh, I forget they changed the name so much. But remember when like Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, they were all in the same one. Yeah, it seemed and like, then, like the other one was like IU, Purdue, Rutgers, and it was just like it was like the puny one. Yeah, and it ended up being like weird Big Ten championship games for football and stuff. Yeah, and so I mean, it still kind of is a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because what the ACC I think is split. I think the Big Twelve wasn't split, but you just played everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think so because they didn't have enough teams to split it. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, shit. It's kind of just got me, like, a little hyped because now all of a sudden we're going to have, like, like USC is going to come to town, but, like, it's not a special occasion. Like, it's just on the schedule. Can we can we just talk about the fact that Notre Dame still is not going to join the Big Ten, yet USC and UCLA are? Well, this that's that actually comes into a good point about me saying like BYU is joining a conference. BYU and Notre Dame yeah. were the only two left because I think that's true. Yeah, or is Navy still out of one? I thought Navy joined someone. Maybe, uh, maybe. But either way, like they were the last ones. Now with BYU, BYU joining a conference, like you almost have to at this point just join the ACC because yeah. every other all their their hockey teams Big Ten. Baseball, basketball is ACC. Lacrosse is ACC. And then your football is this, you know, which makes makes you wonder about the USC-Notre Dame game now. Well, that's the thing, because you have USC-Notre Dame, you have Michigan-Notre Dame. Notre Dame has their in-state rivalry with Purdue. It would make the most sense for their football team to go Big Ten. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it definitely, maybe, because I know it's like a big TV contract thing is why it is the way it is. But if this yeah. is happening, maybe, you know, you can still keep that classic USC game because I think that's the only big constant on the roster or the you know, mm-hmm. rotation of games that they play. Everyone else is every couple years and then they stop or whatever. Yeah. And maybe it does force their hand to finally join up, especially being that, like, the Big Ten football as a whole is getting better or more consistent across all the schools and not just the mainstays mm-hmm. with IU, you yeah. know, kind of getting on the block now a little bit. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, It's going to be interesting to watch unless they that's do something segment. crazy. I wonder if that's just the first two of the dominoes to fall, and we'll hear shortly about other teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm curious about Oregon. So, um, there was something after I think Oklahoma and Texas announced they're you know to go into the SEC, where like the Pac-12, yeah. the Big Ten, and I want to say the Big Twelve, like who was left, had like a meeting because the mm-hmm. Pac-12 was like, how do we get better games? So they would stop getting like left out of like the football playoff talks yeah. a little bit and whatnot and try getting schedules against some of these tougher opponents. And I'm honestly assuming whoever's in charge talked to like, you know, the meeting broke up and everybody was talking and then USC and UCLA were like, Hey, you know, like, can we just, can we just join? And the big 10 was just mm-hmm. like, hell yeah. Like, come on, come on aboard, you know, like, yeah, we'll take the money. Oh, sure. We'll take the money in the yeah. viewership, you know, like, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, then it just it makes just makes your brand more countrywide. You know, I mean, going all the way down to for, or, uh, California, then. Yeah, but that raises a good it raises a good question, um, and people have said it's going to happen eventually, and I said it should have happened from the beginning. Does, is this going to push the playoff to include more teams now? Because you're going to have all these better teams in these conferences beating on each other more. It has to the the fact that they all voted against it for this coming up season was idiotic, especially yeah. because the t- the conferences that were pushing for it the most, which I believe was like the Pac twelve, and someone mm-hmm. else they were pushing hard, and then all of a sudden they gave up. So I don't know if rumor of this was coming, and they got scared or whatever. But to me, everybody that was pushing gave up, so money got given out somewhere because we all know how this works. You know, yep. it's business deals. Someone made a deal with someone along the line. Um, I sure as hell hope so. I'm fine. Like, just make it eight teams. Like, if you, if they want to make it 16 teams, go ahead and do it. I don't give a shit. But if you're willing to just make it eight, you'd make a hell of a lot more people happy than yeah. leaving it at four. And then have the stupidity to name the fifth and sixth ones the... New Year six by having a fifth and sixth team, and then not even having the fifth and sixth seed play each other, they have to play two other bowl mm-hmm. games, which was ridiculous yeah. because I actually wanted to watch the matchup because who was it? it? Was like Notre Dame and uh, uh, was it Oklahoma? I think for the fifth and sixth. Honestly, it, that seems like a lifetime ago to me, so I don't even. Oh no, that. no, it does. Football, like once football's done, like it's so far away from like. <laughs> now yeah. or till the next season that it's so hard to actually remember but I think it was and so you get the New Year's 6 but then you're literally having a quote unquote New Year's 8 because the 5th and 6th seeds aren't playing each other they're playing bowl games against someone else 
along the line or whatever. It makes zero sense. So I don't know. Hell, even if it was six teams, I think you could at least give the first two teams buys and have six teams, but I don't know. It's it, it needs a change. How, but how many how many regular season games do teams play now in college football? Twelve to thirteen. Then uh, this is my personal opinion, and so this is kind of segueing to the playoff now. I think 16 is like the perfect number. I think they should not even worry about eight. They shouldn't try to do like a 12 thing with like the first four top teams having a bye. I think they should go straight with 16 and be done with it because that adds four more games or four more weeks, I should say, of games. Which really isn't a lot. I mean, that's the same as the NFL, right? Yeah. Do you think one of the things, and I think I've talked, I've, I've talked about this amongst people before, is you know it does put more games on like the kids and stuff. However, you would want to take that. But, but to, these kids are like the top of the top. Many of them already played in. Many of them already played in championship seasons when they were in high school which was more games than you play oh yeah no no i was yeah my my counter argument to that was you know do you maybe get rid of some of these junk games like i know these small schools get money yeah. from them yeah but... i think well i mean the argument goes both ways because everyone always says yeah those junk games are junk games for the really good teams but for the smaller teams it helps them get more revenue yeah so I mean, I think at this point, now that the players can get paid, I don't think there's any question. I don't care how many games they're playing. If yeah. you're getting paid now, oh. now, you can play more games and entertain me more. Yeah. Well, did you see the kid who just signed with Miami or is going to Miami at like a $9.5 million deal, NIL deal to go there? Jeez. And he wouldn't go anywhere else? Like he, he was going to sign somewhere else and Miami, who like whoever offered him the most money was going to get him and they did 9.5 really? or whatever. This is some interesting stuff happening with college football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, then this is across the board, too. Like, yeah, I can only imagine what some of these, you know, the whole idea of not playing in college now with these deals happening with football. Like, mm-hmm. shit, you're, these kids who are like, oh, I'm not going to play this because I'm going to go in Europe and play or play in the G League right away. It's like, well, no, maybe I could go play for a college and get a million dollars. Yeah, which is going to be yeah. more than you're going to make anywhere else, and just play a year there and then go. That's big news, man. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, when did it say when they would be eligible to join? Uh, twenty twenty four is the twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty twenty. So it's actually okay. like it's not too far away. Wow. Yeah, that'll be fun to see. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of still in like shock about it because obviously, like, I kind of want to see how the rest of the Pac-12 collapses. Yeah, uh, I kind of either see all either the Mountain West is going to merge with the Pac-12. I feel like, or the Pac-12 is going to merge with the Mountain West. Like Oregon and Oregon State are going to be the and Stanford are maybe going to take the leads and try recruiting these other schools. 
mm-hmm. into doing something. But yeah, that's kind of uh, shit. There might not be a Pac-12 by the end of the week. You know, like it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen that quick. But it's it's definitely like a big domino effect for sure. Like you said. Um. Well, I mean, it's the Pac-12, and essentially you just had the whole state, almost the whole state of California leave overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of Southern California's big schools just, I mean, I guess two of the biggest schools. Yeah. Just gone. So, like, eventually it's just all going to be big. It's going to be Big Ten and SEC. Yeah. And then ACC is going to like control their little part of the East Coast, and then that's it's going to be three three conferences. That seems like the hell. I mean, this might be really good, not just for obviously having bigger conferences and having more teams play each other, but it might be a good thing for these other smaller schools to enter. Because you know, you always had like the the big the big five conferences, and then you had like the uh, other five conferences. Mm-hmm. But now, you're you're gonna see more assimilation of smaller schools probably into bigger conferences now, which should raise their level of play too. Yeah, I mean, and like the fact that I don't know if it's just like a talent boom in the country too, because we have all these kids and schools and players and coaches, et cetera, et cetera. You know, to where like UCF became a competitive school, mm-hmm. challenged people in bowl games, and now, you know, they're going into a bigger conference, you know, going in the yep. Big 12 and stuff. So, and then, we, you know, basketball-wise, we always see these small schools that make runs with talent or whatever, mm-hmm. um, even though they, like, eventually fall apart after, like, the Peacocks doing, like, their top three players yeah. are all transferring because they all got better yeah. offers. Yeah. But, and that's just basketball mainly, moreover than football is just the whole – I'm not playing. I'm going to transfer thing more than yeah. anything. But yeah, I think it's it's going to change the dynamics. We're going to see schools on TV. I think we maybe haven't seen too often, and then we're going to get like holy. Like I mean, I'm just like thinking of everything. Like Penn State wideout, but USC or UC, UCLA is coming to town or some shit instead yeah. of like wideout against Ohio State or someone else. Maybe more than one wideout a season. Hey, I mean, if we're, if we're uh, bringing teams into the to the Big Ten, let's uh, let's bring in Gonzaga next. That's who I'm for. <laughs> oh, Gonzaga might even go to Pac-12. That oh, they're the leader of that. No, it was that might that be something that that would be funny though. Yeah. Bring Gonzaga in, no football, but <laughs> heavy basketball. They might have a football team, but I God forbid, I don't know how good they are. But... <laughs> Probably not as good as their state championship. Uh, football team yeah fuck yeah i don't know it's exciting um those are those are my that's my big topic that's what that's what i wanted to bring to the table because it went from rumor to actually happening within 24 hours so yeah that's that's really big news exciting i like when things change like that and in sports especially Makes it more uh, exciting, interesting, and especially in the off season. Man, even uh, week one games, huh? I'm getting too excited about it. Don't I have no fucking idea what anything's gonna look like in 
two years schedule wise, but it's like immediately got me excited of what we could see in the Big Ten well, landscape. Just, it'll just be funny. All these changes happen, and we still just see year after year either Alabama or Clemson in the national championship. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Don't even no, it's still going to be two SEC schools, but it's only going to be two OG SEC schools. Unless, like, we <laughs> talked about, like, Archman and Texas end up, like, doing something when they join or while they're still in the Big 12, timeline-wise, whatever that timeline is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as Saban's still coaching Alabama, they're still going to be in it. And then it's whatever SEC school decides to follow yeah. that year, you know, LSU, Georgia, Florida, whomever. And then if ACC, like, if Clemson and Dabo still remain competitive and then – you know, it was always like what the wild Pac-12 or Big 12 team or Big 10 team, whichever one, you know, had that snuck in, snuck in school mm-hmm. or Ohio State. I don't want to say Big 10 team because no one else has made it to mm-hmm. Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Urban Meyer would just would have just uh, kept Scott being a creep and would have stayed at Ohio State, he probably could have just been challenging going to the national championship every, every year. Yeah. Kyle Day's not bad, but though. No, they're not bad, but... But I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. he, he could have kept coaching. I don't know. I want Coach Odron back at LSU, though. <laughs> I, uh... I don't think I sent it to you. We, we went to Ollie's, and for those who don't know, it's like a discount retail store. And I was looking through the books, and they had Coach O's book. So, of course, I oh, fucking really? got it. We love <laughs> Coach O. I mean, it reads like in English, so I'm getting disappointed. That's not. You, in, I was about to ask, in your mind, are you reading it like he talks, or you're using your own voice? No, I'm, I'm going to read it like he talks, but the problem is, like, my brain might fry itself because <laughs> the words are going to be correct, but I'm going to try making it Cajun. You know, huh? or you but, come up to a word and you don't even know how how it would sound engaged. Yeah, yeah. Just make it up, like archipelago or some shit. Yeah. Don't know why he's saying that, but God forbid. Oh, um, I know. I hope there's a lot of gumbo talk in there. I know we fucking love gumbo. I hope there's like a random ass chapter about how he's pulling Young Tang. You know, like <laughs> what got him in trouble. But you know, I'm I'm hoping there's just some just some pickup lines in there that. I could borrow or something. Um, but uh, my brain just crisscrossed for a second. I wanted to transfer over back to LSU talk on uh, their new coach. that I can't think of his name because now he's not in Notre Dame anymore. Brian Kelly. Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. Who has a southern accent all of a sudden now that he's at LSU too. Within, Does he? With, oh, do you, you didn't see it? It was like it was like a... The day after they hired him, he literally went down there for the press conference and all of a sudden had an accent. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, it's it's not unheard of for that to happen to people. Uh, did you ever watch the show Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. Oh, so so um, Charlie Hunnam, who plays Jack Teller, uh, the main uh, protagonist, he's, he's from England. Yeah. And he played that part so much. He had to hire an instructor to relearn how to speak 
with a British accent. Yeah, which is crazy because his accent's actually solid, which goes into the whole debate of, like, why the hell can they talk like us sometimes and we, you know, we do it, try talking like them. Yeah. You know, like, it's horrid. Um, No, um, I, but, yeah, but his was, like, a day. This was, like, you you know, if he's been in LSU for, like, two years or three years, I could see the pickup. But this was 24 hours. <laughs> like, he went down That's there, true. they fed him. They went to like the Tabasco company, and then you know, all of a sudden he was just like, maybe he thought just to make the transition more smooth from Ed, he just said, "I'll I'll put in a little twang in my accent just to make everyone feel okay." Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably actually it. They, they didn't want to confuse people. <laughs> Can you imagine him trying to talk like Ed Orgeron? <laughs> <laughs> Like straight up goes in there and just completely changes and starts talking like a like a southern swamp boy. So, god damn it! <laughs> this is what makes it even more funny, though. Like he's from Massachusetts. He coached at Grand Valley State. Obviously, that's where his like championships came from and whatnot. Uh, coach at Central Michigan. Coach at Cincinnati and then coach at Notre Dame, so he never has been south. No, like at never. all. So like, it's not even like it's a hidden southern thing. Like he grew up in Tennessee or Kentucky, coached up north, coached out west or something, and like Sweet Home Alabama, her you know the voice away, and then it comes back just because you're back in the homeland. You know, it's like, nope. I'll have to look that up because that's I'm I'm intrigued now. That's funny. Yeah, that was like the like. Out of all the news that came out of like him going to LSU, that was like the that was like his little mock video that came out. Everybody was like, "Oh, Brian Kelly's <laughs> got an accent now. That's cool." I don't know if he's still like repping it. I think he just like said a couple words is all it was or whatever. Oh. But like, I don't know if like I don't know if his whole thing was. I just remember it, and this was still obviously like a long time ago as well. Yeah, but that was kind of like the mock, uh, the mocking of him going down there. But it is funny well, that now he gets to play. Uh, he gets to play Saban all the time now instead of just losing to him in the playoffs. <laughs> well, now he has a uh, better talent he can reach that is more in line with uh, the LSU acceptance rate. <laughs> yeah, and not a, uh, you know, going after all the Hawaiian kids and. Notre Dame always seems like it has a weird recruited. I don't want to say weird recruited, but it's always like West Coast and then Island kids. Yeah. And then like occasional Florida kid or something. And then you get the one rare guy who's actually from like Indiana who's a walk on. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure at this point, Notre Dame has it where like they say like at least two kids on the roster have to be from Indiana for like for some type of tax credit. (laughs) <laughs> like you know like you're letting all the big 10 schools like purdue and iu and you know every i just think of like the i don't want to say the normal big 10 schools but like they're taking the midwest talent pools so Notre dame's like you know what we got reach everywhere we're gonna reach everywhere and compete with the other big schools for like the same pool i guess yeah wherever you want yeah. to put it but and then like i said there's always the one guy they're like yeah he's from he's from south Bend or Indianapolis or whatever, you're like, oh, there's the one. 
<laughs> like only you know only what like the biggest school in Indiana and yeah, let's get some fishers. And he, and he's fifth on the roster. Awesome. Never gonna play. <laughs> or blowout guy or or he's a you know fifth year senior but still hasn't played. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, one more thing, I guess my one more, one more thing. Have you seen this stuff for Freddie Freeman at all? Uh, I was looking at it a little bit just now before we started talking. So story goes, and this very first, like at first or second episode of this podcast ever that I did with Austin talks about, we talked about it cause we were following the free agency and MLB and for the longest time, Freddie wasn't re-signing with the Braves, you know, just won the World Series, played there for 12 years, yeah. loves Atlanta. No one expected him to go because it didn't make sense to go, especially with them winning. Like, it do- it didn't. It was, like, that scenario was, like, written out. So it's either, like, he's staying, he's going, whatever. The first thing that happens related to the Braves and Freddie Freeman is that the Braves trade for Matt Olson from the A's, sign him to an eight-year deal. And everybody's like, okay, Freddie must have said no. Or mm-hmm. they didn't offer him enough money, whatever. And then I think a day or two later, maybe longer than that, I'm not even sure at this point, he signs with the Dodgers, uh, like five-year, six-year, $170 million or whatever. Returns to Atlanta last week for the first time. Uh, super emotional, like pre-series game conference. Gets his ring on the first game. Goes onto the field, just you know, crying, taking it all in, etc. And everybody's like, "God damn!" Like, but I mean, he he obviously deserves to like have the applause that he had. His emotions are correct, I think, for everything that he's been through with that organization because you don't see it much anymore. Yeah, you know, um. And then all of a sudden he fires his agent. Everybody's like, okay, he fired his agent. And then he's like, I don't like how my negotiations went. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. You're going to represent yourself or whatever. Okay, cool. Well, then it comes out that the negotiations between the agent and the Braves went south super quickly. Oh, uh, the Braves offered like 135 mil for five years. The agent said more. The Braves went to 140. Um, well, before they went to 140, the guy gave them two options. It was like more money or this, etc. But they had one hour to respond. Yeah. And they responded with 140, but it never made it to Freddie. The agent declined it or didn't, didn't even respond back to the Braves. And basically forced the Braves' hand to do what they wanted to do. Now it's coming Which, out. Or you go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Finish, finish it. Um, so, every and then Freddie texted teammates, or like former Braves teammates saying like, man, the negotiations didn't go well. I'm signing with LA. I don't like how this went down. It makes no sense, et cetera, et cetera. It's coming out now. The agency, XL, is defending the agent. 
Derek Jeter's coming out defending the agent, but you know you could take that as it is because you don't. It, it is Jeter, like not saying anything against him, but there's a talent level, New York yeah. level, super executive level that Jeter's been on for years now. That's different than a player level. Um, and who knows where the money trail leads there? Um, mm-hmm. but. Now the agency itself is trying to defend their guy. Freddie's saying stuff. Uh, the Braves are obviously saying stuff because that's where the communications came from. Where they were saying, like, yeah. hey, we did offer money. My favorite part of the story is the deferred salary from Freddie's contract for the Dodgers actually loses him $57 million. So he's actually making less playing for the Dodgers than he would with the Braves. Nothing against him in that regard, but that's some shitty agent talk the get your guy to play for LA and he makes less money overall. Yeah. That's so the suspicion is the agent took money under the table from the, from the uh, Dodgers. That's what uh, me and Austin were theorizing that he maybe has just a big LA in. Yeah. You know, or cause it seems like if he knows Jeter for a while and whatnot, it's like, you know, it's a big time agent, obviously. It makes it kind of feel like uh, maybe he was going in to get more people signed at L.A. Maybe mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know all his things. No one, None of these articles have said like a bunch of people that he also represents Yeah, that I've seen. But it feels that way. It feels very funky. So, so obviously, he would have rather stayed in Atlanta. And Atlanta is saying that they offered money, and now it's all coming on him that, for whatever reason, this final offer never reached the ears of Freddie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, what is their counter-argument? Uh, who's counter what, what are they? What, the agency and the agent. What are they saying? Are they, they, they like... They're basically saying that he's a valid guy and people are lying. Like they're playing that card, right? Like oh, everyone else is. Oh, so the guy who wanted to stay in Atlanta and Atlanta are lying. And well, I mean, you never know until there's any evidence that comes out. But from the sound of it, that that all sounds pretty shady. Yeah, because I mean, the the thing that I think comes out to be in the biggest the biggest thing that brings out the question mark is that the Braves moved first trading for Matt Olson before there was mm-hmm. a, a, a there was no Freddie said he was going elsewhere so the Braves had yep. to force a move because and everybody was like it was either you know they were taking too long on a deal or something was happening and I, you know, everybody kind of thought, like, okay, well, maybe that's it. Freddie's just done, and he wants to play elsewhere. But then, like, you see this conference, and you see the what he did on the field and all that, and you're just kind of like, damn, like, I don't think it was that, that easy to say no. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of people have been talking now. It's just kind of like, nothing's probably going to happen with anything, but everybody's like, do they just like trade Matt Ellison for Freddie Freeman now and just set it on course? Um, 
do you just let it play out? Because obviously, like the Braves are hot right now. Medelson's playing yeah. good for them. Like they're, I don't think they're worried about it. But it's, it's one of those situations where you're like, God damn, like this is kind of, this is a lot more shitty than like a guy not getting, getting too much money for playing shitty during a season or not enough money, like a Scotty Pippen kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a weird way to look at it all now. It is. It is. And, I mean, if there was, like, foul play involved, I hope that some sort of evidence comes out of it so then they can be sued. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like – and even Freddie's not playing shitty in L.A. Like, I yeah. was just watching uh, started nine, and I believe they were popping the numbers off. You know, he's hitting, like, 300. He's He's playing well. Like, he's not – playing bad for you like neither guy's playing bad for their teams he's still gonna play baseball like it's still a job at the end of the day no matter what mm-hmm. so i know some people are like saying stuff like clayton kershaw said some shit like saying i hope we're not second fiddle and it's like bro he's coming out and playing for you guys nightly like give him more credit than that if he was hitting you know 100 <laughs> and playing like absolute shit then i'd probably be like okay yeah, but, like just because he's emotional, like I guess the thing is, someone like Kershaw's never had to play somewhere else. Obviously, the Dodgers have always had money to re-sign him. You know, um, so yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't know what it feels like. Regardless, I, I can see where he's coming from, but I also could be like, "Hey, man, like you go sign with another team and come back to LA and see how you feel." I don't know. That's that's. Uh-huh. The interesting scenario, and that's why I don't know. I I always just think about it like you're a player, and obviously you're focusing on the sport you're in. But why would you never be a part of the negotiation, like directly, when like that much money is at stake? Yeah, I thought that was weird too. Um. You know, people in the comment sections were asking that, like, but I guess I, I know a part of it, at least for this season, was the whole lockout shit because so much stuff happened. Like, yeah. right when the lockout ended, deals were going out for everyone if you weren't signed before the lockout or there was nothing happening, you know? So stuff was going at a high pace. Laurel, like, Laurel knows what was happening communication wise across all things, but I 100% agree that, like, What's the rule that the Braves couldn't text him personally mm. and say like, "Hey," especially because like you know these guys, you play with, yeah. you know, you know the organization inside and out. Like the owner didn't text you and say like, "Hey, you really don't want to come back here," you know. I'm sure there's always stupid rules about that stuff. So that they probably couldn't technically, since he had an agent, and you know, so. Yeah, and then, that and it, could be it. yeah, and the new you know CBA was out, the lockout was in, and so I think all that played because I can't help but think like when Machado and Harper were free agents, you know, Machado was getting taken out to dinner, like when he visited Chicago for the Sox, you know, they were taking him to the park, they took him to dinner, you know, all the kind of big name story things that we're all used to seeing when a big guy, you know, there's a big free agent on the market, mm-hmm. you know, like Carmelo came to town in Chicago and they had the poster of him in the Bulls uniform off trying to convince him. Yeah. A sign which ultimately failed. But yeah, that's true. 
a weird situation, definitely. Um, quick one more thing before I let you go to topics. Uh, the Knicks signed Jalen Brunson to a four-year, $104 million deal. Their odds of winning the final stayed exactly the same. <laughs> Nothing changed. I don't. That was that's the the fun. Well, well, did anyone think anything would change? I mean, it's it's the Knicks. No, they traded like five players away and got him and have done nothing else. So, with last year being his only like season to prove himself to get this money, so I don't know. That was that's the funny, the funny topic of the funny line I saw today. One thing I wanted to ask you, um, going back to our first uh, topic of the day, is what is your opinion on players chasing championships versus players chasing money? Do you have an opinion on it? Do you think? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I think I think there's a time in your career. Here's here's how I look at it. If I if I, if I played sports, like this would be me, like personally. I would chase championships over money for a time. Because I know for at least whenever I get drafted till I may be in the middle of my prime is my best window of winning. When I'm in that... And I know once I hit that prime status, if I have a good season, I'm going to get money. Like I will get it if I'm that good. I would hope that comes with championship contentions. Rather, I'm the player that can help win a champ. Like I'm getting, rec- they're giving me money to win a championship. Mm-hmm. When I'm in that second half of it, I think I still would want to win a championship. But I'm also convincing myself otherwise. Do I chase money until I'm young, and then I chase champions when I'm older? Because I'm maybe not going to get that money. But then you have, like, fucking Haslam, who the Heat are actually trying to convince that to re-sign with him. No other team's going to sign him as a player. He's 40-something years old or close to it. Like, he's not playing. He's not going to be a game-changing guy for your team. Like, just hire him as a coach if you're worried about that. Just, like, let let another kid have the roster spot who's, you know... Who knows yeah, who that kid point. can be, but, like, give him the roster. Just hire him as a coach. He can still, like, to me, that boggles my mind because, hell, they could even hire him in a position that he can't get fired if the coach gets fired. You know what I mean? Like, team representative, if he means that much to the organization, but he can't be that game-changing on the court. Yeah. You know? Like, I know he's in great shape. Like, I, I know that. I've seen him. But, like, when when – like you're not, you can't tell me like he's the game changing guy. But either way, in in his case, yeah, I I mean I don't know. I championships last forever. You know that's the whole reason you play professional sports. Mm-hmm. I think, but I I mean I guess it comes down to who you are though, because some guys are never gonna make a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, but you can win a ring, but you can still win a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be the. You know, hell, there's some guys on the Warriors who probably aren't making a million dollars and they just got a championship ring, you know, and got to yeah, experience yeah. it all. Um, you know, I guess it just comes down to, like, if how good you are. 
I guess if you were never going to be good enough to get a hundred million dollars, you're not, you could chase money as much as you want to, but sometimes it just starts getting less and less mm-hmm. when you are those like bottom of the bench players or third string receivers or something, you know, like, yeah, you know, maybe one year you signed a $10 million contract next year. It's a 5 million. I mean, I guess those are basketball numbers, not football numbers, but you know, then all of a sudden it's a 1 million Lonnie Walker just signed with, uh, Oh, uh, who was it? Lakers. And it's only like a million dollar contract, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I think, I think when you're a player that's lower on the totem pole, you're not making as much money. You're just a role player. I think chasing the money makes more sense because if you're only making a 10 million, the difference between 10 and 12 is a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. when you're not making that much money comparatively. But then I look at it like you have these players who sign these Uber max contracts and then their teams don't have money or cap space for anyone else to come play. And so when I look at that and I look at a player like uh, Patrick Mahomes or, you know, they've won a championship recently, so he may, he might not be the best example right now. But or even like uh, Aaron Rodgers, you're the head of the team. You're the face of the team. Your job is to, especially as like a quarterback or as a top player on a basketball team, is to win the championship. And if you're forcing your team to give you that much money to where they can't spend it on you, then to me, you know, that is, it's like any business. Results are what matter. And if you're not bringing championships, then why are you getting paid that much, you know? Yeah, I mean, even when I played, like, 2K, I took my custom character. I signed him for five years for a million dollars just so we could get all the other good yeah. people. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm controlling the team. I'm controlling him, you know. I make sure, you know, team first on everything so I don't yeah. lose him by accident. But lose my own guy on purpose or whatever. Um playing franchise mode, obviously not like my player or whatever, but yeah, I think you guys end up hurting their teams because of that. I mean, then, you know, you know, and then these guys wonder why they're not winning championships, mm-hmm. you know, like, and this goes in this whole Kyrie KD bullshit. Like it's not done, which is why I didn't want to talk too much NBA today because there's yeah. free agency's not done, but there's a lot of bullshit with that happening. The failure of a super team is fantastic in my opinion, no matter what. With all the hype. <laughs> Again, I feel sorry for the fan base. But, you know, it's it's tough. And, I mean, like, Rodgers forced Devontae Adams out. And it's yeah. sad because, like, they were one of the best combinations in the league. Mm-hmm. And he was your offense. Even though you underutilized him in the playoff That's game. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a team, you could take a chance and say, oh, you're, you're Aaron Rodgers, you did good for us, but you've been here quite a long time, you've only won us one championship, we'll take our chances with someone else, and even if we suck, then we can rebuild. Or you can pay this guy who's gonna, who might win you the NFC again, but he's not going to win you another championship because he doesn't have any other pieces around him. So it's like, honestly, as a fan, I look at it and I say, what are these guys being paid for? I don't care if Patrick Mahomes puts up 5,500 yards and, you know, 45, 50 touchdowns. I could care less about that. 
if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I want to see a freaking Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, if you you know we look at the Chiefs for example, look what happened with Tyreek Hill. He thought he deserved so much more money. He yeah. signed with Miami, and what would happen like the first few weeks after? He was already kind of saying how playing with Tua is kind of sucks. You know, yeah, he's not, and like, oh, did your numbers go down? Oh yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, like I'm, I can't wait to see. Obviously, like there's all the all the shit that happened with NFL free agency. We get to see the culmination of that when the season starts. But yeah, mm-hmm. that like that's that's the big one that I circle every time. And then I think we talked about it a little bit like Le'Veon Bell, that whole thing, and the Steelers. Like what happened to that Steelers team is where that money comes from over a championship. Like that's yeah. always that's the one I always go to. Because that dude, no, no offense to him, he chased the money, he made his decisions, but he fucked away championship, money, Hall of Fame, all of that. And, and I just feel like that's the thinking short term. And I understand, especially in a sport like football where your season, your, your career can end in one play. But if you're a championship player who's won multiple championships and you have a name, you're a really good receiver, running back, quarterback, especially. You can make a name for yourself after playing football, especially yeah. if you're a guy who has like championships that you can put on your resume. Oh, but yeah. now it's like you just made yourself look like a jackass, and like everyone kind of thinks you're a joke now. Yeah, I mean, in, in like this case, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They they were winning a Super Bowl next season. Like, there's no other way to put it. In 18, mm-hmm. they were going to win the Super Bowl. But that happened, and then that led to more drama and this drama, and, you know, the whole team kind of, uh, let's yeah. face it, fell apart. They have not been the same since. Uh, That's why it's like I'm I'm not a player, so I'm I'm always going to look at things strictly in, in the sense of a fan. And if I was a Green Bay fan, I would be – I would want Aaron Rodgers out, and I wouldn't care if, if we were mediocre and we lost to the Bears. But just the fact that you have like this guy who's so greedy, who he has to sign the max deal contract and won't let any other players stay, like you're not going to win a championship regardless. Yeah. So you can whoop up on like the crappy NFC all you want, but at the end of the day, what what are you really bringing? What legacy are you making? Yeah, it's uh, I can say I definitely wasn't ready for like what happened to actually happen. Contract wise, like, I, I saw I saw a meme, and I've seen it a couple times, and it said, "When your organization has had two of the best quarterbacks of all yeah, time back and, to back, and you only have two Super Bowls to show yeah, for, for thirty years, it's like that's yeah, yeah, like like shit, you know." Bears fans obviously like should smile at that because it's like, ha, ah, fuck you guys. We had twenty some quarterbacks, and you know, like when you honestly think about it, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers should have had at least two, probably three rings each. Yeah, that's how good they were. Yeah, it's but well, this is the same. I, I don't want to say it's the same because it, it's not the same as some of these like. NBA teams and what happened with them, but it's the the what if factor for them is huge because they never win anywhere. Like mm-hmm. you have the Thunder team, like KD, Harden, and Westbrook, where like 
oh my god, if they never they never trade Harden for uh Jeremy Lamb and what's his face? How many rings do they win? Like do they win championships? Do they work together well? Like, oh my god, what could they have accomplished? And instead that in this scenario you got two guys who played for the same team and you're sitting here you'd be like, Why the fuck did we not accomplish more? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why? You know, obviously there's, there's other factors that go into it, but when you're a guy who's, you know, every year we hear, oh, this guy has the new highest contract, this guy does. And it's just, and I, all I, I just say at the end of the day, what happens to everyone else on the team? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, that, I was going to, because I was thinking about that when you were saying that, you know, obviously Tom Brady and Belichick is the big one. Uh, Peyton Manning had success because he copied Brady with the contract thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think Brady did it first, right? Yeah, in like the mid two thousands or whatever. Then yeah, Manning oh, did yeah. the same. Brady um, was always receiving his contract. Yeah, and then uh, obviously like two rings for Manning, four Super Bowl appearances. Uh, they they did it away. It set in motion. Some other guys kind of did it, like. Rosenberger did it in a certain way. Breeze did it in a certain mm-hmm. way. And now all of a sudden and, you see that going away. And and that's the thing that, that really irks me about a lot of people who talk about this issue is they'll say, well, they're, you can't hate on them. They're chasing money because they're leaving money for their kids and future generations. Dude, you've already made like a hundred million dollars, like not signing the max deal for 120 your your family and your kids and your grandkids are going to be just fine with a hundred million if you're not an idiot with it and you invest it right. Oh yeah, yeah. So don't tell me that like extra twenty million was going to make everyone in his family broke. Yeah, you can live. You can sign a hundred million and spend less than a million dollars a year and be set. Like yeah, forever. Exactly. If, yeah, if you know a large percent of the population survives with less than sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. You can you can do it as a quarterback family. Yeah, and so so that's what I say. Like like, and honestly, I don't care what a, a player's role is or, or his what he thinks his responsibility is to his family. As a fan, your responsibility to me is to win. Mm. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's not even a thing that that I, I consider. But maybe if he like you like you were mentioning like. Those, those role players who are only making a few million dollars a year, $10 million a year, yeah, I can understand that. But these big-time players who are signing these max contracts that keep getting bigger every year, you're, you're only going to make a legacy of of nothing when it comes down to it. Yeah, all-star appearances and numbers. Because but... now, like when you look at a player like Aaron Rodgers, He's only won one championship. He's getting to the tail end of his career. And if he doesn't win another one, well, people are just going to be like, oh, he only won one. Big whoop. You know, whereas a couple years ago, he was always talked about as he's the best player of all time. He's better than Tom Brady. He's better than, you know, Payne Manning. Yeah. I mean, and if a- he had those championships, there would be more of a case. Yeah, because, I mean, he's ex- extremely talented, you know. It's it's fun watching him play when he's good and he's on game. It sucks that I don't, he can't show up to the playoffs. 
And being a Bears fan, I don't mean to say just to keep saying Aaron Rodgers. He's just a perfect example. Oh no, no, like the, it is. He is like now the poster child of it going into the season. Yeah. Because the talk from anyone, like my dad, couldn't tell you who's a free agent anywhere during the season. Like I catch him up when the season starts on who's where where. But he, mm-hmm. right when Aaron signed, he's like, "Who's gonna be on that team?" Especially because yeah. like the next day Adams is gone, so mm-hmm. it's like, it's you don't have to be dwelling super deep into the football world to know that like, well, like we could we could talk about Patrick Mahomes too. I mean, that dude could have taken less on his contract. He's making so much money with royalty deals and commercials. Yeah, oh, you no. can take a less of a contract. And maybe like get some good de- players on your defense. I don't know. That might help you win a championship more. Well, that's what I mean. That's if you like read anything on Tom Brady. That's basically why he says he did that too. Like he took less money because all of his endorsement money. Right? You know, yeah. he was the first big Under Armour signing back in the day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, or or one of the bigger ones. And yeah, then, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It was him and Steph. Or like those were the two guys I remember. Yeah, and then like. Uh, uh, you know, he's got his own company now and all that. I know he's like, now he's currently going in like crypto and all that stuff, but you know, he's been on commercials his whole career. He's been on this whole career. Like he's playing it a smart way. I don't know. It Tyree kills just that example. And the funny thing is it, 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 it both those players, Mahomes could have took less Tyree kill could have took less. Yeah which he didn't want to take less, which caused him to go somewhere else. And now, obviously, he's questioning that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he's even saying that, like, two is better than Mahomes, and we all know that's not not true. (laughs) Like, that's not, you know. That's disrespectful. Yeah, like, I mean, there's not, like, come on, man. Like, we all all know that's bullshit. Like, two has (laughs) got talent, but... No, like we all know Mahomes is talented. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's win championships. Put teams together that win yeah. championships. You only want to get paid all the money in the world? Fine, but don't complain that you're not making it to the Super Bowl anymore or that you're losing mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Like, I'm curious. Josh Allen took some money, didn't he? Was it last year's contract year or the year before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, I think when he signed it, it was like the biggest, one of the biggest ones up until that point. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm curious with like that team because obviously, like they paid Diggs. Like Diggs took money. Yeah, he probably took less, but that's that's a team you know to keep an eye on because he's you know the next gen guy too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, kind of can't wait to see the Bills on field again after his performance. I hope he has a fucking revenge tour. Not to go off topic <laughs> with football, but the Josh Allen revenge tour. I hope it kicks off week one and he just shreds records and touchdown passes for the season and just, you know, marches his way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. It'll be a, It'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah, I don't want. But to one thing on. I can guarantee, I can guarantee you, Green Bay fans are going to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do like a week one highlight show where we'll probably like go through all the teams or some shit. 
trying to think like how good they'll be or whatnot and yeah that'll be fun go into that um but yeah we'll we'll see what happens um you got anything for the week sports no the only thing i had in entertainment wise uh to switch gears a little bit supposedly and i don't know if if any more was said about it yet disney wants to offer Johnny Depp $301 million for a contract to do, I think it said three more Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And the reason why it was 301 is because he said he wouldn't even take $300 million from Disney. Yeah. So they did, apparently they're going to offer him, offer him 301. Oh. Uh... So my initial opinion is he should take the money make them sign an ironclad contract where they can't get rid of him for any reason and just not do anything and just take the money and screw them. Yeah, like I, obviously he's going to have to act and be in the movie, but I'm just like be lackluster. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. You already had like, besides the fourth one, which I didn't really like, you you already had like five good movies with them. Take their money and, and uh, you know, Screw them over like they did to you. And be honestly, like, I kind of feel like he, I don't feel like the character is hard to pull off. Like, maybe that's just me yeah. not being an actor, but like, it's, it's in his realm, but like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think he could, you know, take the guaranteed money and then just say, fuck him. Oh, yeah. It, you know, or whatever. He's obviously standing to, I don't blame him for saying no. Yeah, obviously, like, you guys kicked him out. You did the Me Too thing. You know, they they fucked mm-hmm. him over. Warner Brothers fucked him over. I mean, at this point, if he's going to be in a movie, it's going to be indie projects or Universal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, know? whatever Tim Burton's doing next. Yeah. As long as it's not Disney. But, uh, no, I, 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 I would totally see where you're coming from, though, too. Like, yeah, just take the money and you try as hard as you want to and in a movie. But see, I this, think he's had... He has like a decent amount of like creative control, like in the pirates movies, from what I've heard. So it'd be funny if he just like purposely like said, "I'm not going to do this unless you do it my way," and like knowing that it's going to be like stupid, and he just does it anyway. Yeah, because like if it, it doesn't matter to him if the movie's a flop, he still has a contract. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like the weird thing would be like, you know, if he does, if he were to produce a movie, he could end up like making Disney money because he's in it, you know, and that'd be yeah. like, you know, does he, does he want to make Disney money or does he, you know, yeah, exactly. like, is it worth it? Exactly. Is it worth taking that money? Cause like Disney's going to make money if I'm in the movie, which I think is maybe where he's looking at it from a little bit. Cause he's like, fuck, I don't want to make them money. Um, that's fine. I he's got an interesting thing. Like whatever he's in next is going to be the, the big thing. Yeah. Like, is it Robert Pattinson? Yeah. Like, indie movies or is it a big project movie or something? Is it just more cologne commercials? I don't know. We'll see. But apparently he's a big spender, kind of like Nicolas Cage. So I think he like might actually need the money. Yeah. Run out. To fit his lifestyle. Or he's uh, saying no to try getting more out of Disney. And then they pop it to like three twenty five. 
and he's just all of a sudden like, yeah, I'll do it. Because, I mean, honestly, the only... It's really hard to get me to go see any Disney movie now because I don't want to give them my money. But I have generally liked the Pirates of the Caribbean Caribbean movies, and if he wasn't in them, I definitely would not see them at all. I wouldn't even watch them on Disney Plus when they're free. Yeah, I guess I could support that a bit. I think his character his character is definitely important to it and whatnot. Um, yeah, this just goes back to the, my thing. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, or I imagine I was saying this on the podcast, but like, entertainment is just like hard. I watched a lot of TV this week, just decompressing from the week. We've been changing like the furnace and air conditioner at our house. It's just been like a nightmare, like self doing it. And yeah. I've just been like watching TV. Um, was gonna watch like this doc on the Avs Red Wings rivalry, but like that's like semi work related for a podcast episode. And I'm just like, I don't even want to do work related stuff. <laughs> you, know, you know, this is a side gig, but it like it was still like I could I couldn't watch it how I wanted to watch it because I'm like I just need to decompress yeah. and watch whatever. So I watched, started the Bear on Hulu. I'm on the final episode now. Was wrapping it up. Um, interesting show. I like it because it's in Chicago. Like it's about it's about oh, really? it's about uh just like a beef joint. Um, they're actually filming it. And the real location that they're filming it is Mr. Beef. Uh-huh. It's in River North, and uh, pretty interesting show. But I mean, it's about beefs. I like Italian beefs. I like Chicago. Oh, I love. You know, like it. I like and it. The show just feels very Chicagoy. Like the attitudes of the characters and whatnot. Um, Does it? The guy who played Lip on Shameless. I don't know if you ever watched it. No. Um, he played on that, so like he's used to, I guess, being in Chicago. Obviously, I don't know if he's a Chicago guy or not. I don't know his background, but um, he's the head on it or the lead. Pretty good actor and whatnot. It actually kind of feels like the same character a little bit in a weird mm-hmm. way. So it's kind of like I feel like he's just like going to stay in this like realm of character his whole career, which is fine. He's good at it or whatever. Um but really cool B shots of like B roll shots of the city and whatnot too. Yeah. Um, so I mean a lot of love to Chicago in it, but I could watch that. I caught up on the boys. Uh, don't watch. I gotta admit, I'm really, I'm really behind on like every single TV show. The most TV shows I've watched recently, I did watch Stranger Things, which Volume Two comes out tonight at midnight. So. <laughs> Be ready for that. Um, but besides that, the only thing I've watched recently is uh, reruns of Workaholics and Seinfeld. I, uh, oh, what a, what did I watch last night? Yesterday I finished The Boys. Oh, and then I watched uh, Casino Royale because they're all all the Daniel Craig ones are on Amazon. Yeah, I was actually thinking about uh, watching all those. Yeah, that's what I was doing. So I started Casino Royale and watched like the first hour of it, and then went to bed. Um, I was gonna watch thirteen hours. I literally was like, watch the boys, and then I feel like I watched something else. I swear to God, that was yesterday, but maybe it wasn't. That's how yeah. cra- you know crazy how life is like that sometimes. But I wanted to watch just like guys operating to an extent. I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch thirteen hours. I fucking love that movie. And then instead, <laughs> ran in the Casino Royale looking for it. Because I didn't search it because I was seeing like what else is on there. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch that. I I watched 
Pacific Rim. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. And 4K on my uh, Sony OLED Bravia TV. Nice. Oh my gosh, that movie looks so good. I'm going to come over so we can watch that on your TV. That might be one of the best looking 4K movies. It looks so good on that, that TV. You know, that movie just looks really? good. Like, it just looks good. Yeah. Like, they did such a yeah. good job. Like, it doesn't look... Yeah. For what could have looked extremely cheesy after Transformers. So bad. Yeah. You know? But I it, love Pacific Rim. Such a good movie. Yeah. Speaking of Charlie Hunnam, who's in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in... He, uh, that movie is really good. And I'm still salty that it took five years to get a second one, and the second was was complete garbage. Yeah. Action scenes, decent. Story and plot makes no... Like, just hurts it's like a weird it's almost like the when you have like maybe like a good season of like uh power rangers or like the common rider shows or something and then you get mm-hmm. like a really shitty one the next season you're like oh this sucks yeah. like yeah. how do you follow up yeah. with this like god yeah. damn it and that's exactly how it felt have you, did you watch the animated series the black on netflix no it's the black yeah, it's Pacific Rim: The Black is what it's called. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, no, I haven't watched that. No. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty decent. Is it? Um, some cool stuff. I mean, it's not afraid to like kill people and stuff in it, so like keeps the yeah. kind of theme of everything. Um, I have to finish the second season. It's some interest in like lore added to the series and whatnot in it, but it's not too bad. Um, speaking of movies looking good though. I was watching like clips from Starship Troopers the other day. <laughs> um, that first Starship Troopers movie holds up so well to this day. I watched that recently on a plane. I was going to New Orleans and I watched it on the plane. Um, it wasn't a plane movie. I had it on my phone and I watched it. And he, yeah, that movie looks good. Like I was like I was just watching. I was watching clips from like the second and third one. Cause I wanted to remember how some of that looked cause they don't look good, yeah. but I was like trying to remember some scenes and then like the two animated ones. Oh, I was watching stuff from, and then I just watched some stuff from the first one and I was like, man, I was like, this was filmed in 97, 98 or whatever. And it looks like, well, the funny thing is, go ahead. No, no, that was like, I mean, that's basically the statement. Like it just looks good with, with the first movie specifically. If you if you're watching it and you're a younger person or you just don't look into a lot of like the meaning behind movies, you just think it's a movie about killing like space bugs who are coming to like destroy Earth and stuff. Yeah. But then like if you actually like understand the like the undertones of what the movie is, it's basically like talking about like authoritarianism. Yeah. And and, and like the military industrial complex, but it does it in such like a comical way. That you almost don't notice it, but then you see the one character that's played by uh, uh the one who becomes the scientist. Yeah, yeah, Neil Patrick uh, Harris's character. Neil, yeah. yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, and it's like if you know anything about history, like what he's wearing is so it, it's so recognizably a reference to like what the Nazis wore. Yeah, the officers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because like the original book. Or like the book it's based on touches on the same subject to an extent. Like reading the reviews on it, people say like that's mm-hmm. what the guy's like targeting. But at the same time, like it's completely different on how they touch on it. 
you yeah. know, like in the because in his book, he's basically saying like, if you want to get anywhere in life, you kind of have to join the military or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they have an advantage over the bugs in the book because they're in Iron Man suits, dropping nukes, and not yeah, throwing a bunch of guys with machine guns against a massive army of bugs. So it's kind of interesting, like how the director took that approach with the film mm-hmm. to to do the satire. Uh, I I, I like films like that where it can be like just on the surface level, it can just be like a fun like kind of action movie, but then like it can mean something completely different if you look at it from another angle. Like, that's how you know it's, like, a well-made movie. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's fun to watch. Like, regardless, like, it's a good yeah. action movie. You yeah. like it, and then you get the Would You Like to Know More commercials in between all the scenes. Uh, yeah. That is where, like, the real satire kind of comes from in it. Yeah. Pointing out the awkwardness and whatnot. Oh. I, I love I love the, uh, the one where it's the commercial with all the kids in the park and and the soldiers are just letting them play with the gun. Yeah, I like it. He hands out bullets. <laughs> like your kids yeah. take some rounds. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that. And I think they, the second one, I, the third one, I think touches on it a bit more and like the satire stuff or whatnot. Oh, the second one, I think, leaves out a lot of it. It's more like action movie yeah. based. And then the yeah. two animated movies are just flat out action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they look good though. Like they, the, anim, as far as animation wise, I think they look pretty good or fun. But, but they play on some of the same stuff, obviously. Yeah, um, same themes. But, oh, uh, yeah. I thought I thought that was cool. But yeah, Pacific Rim looks good. For man, that's such a good movie though. I'm gonna have to watch it now. I agree. But no, but I got it. You're gonna have to watch it. But like, I, it's, I'm either gonna get on TV. It's gonna be like 13 hours or that. Because <laughs> 13 hours. Hard choice, my friend. Yeah, dude. Have you you seen 13 hours? I've seen parts of it on TV, but I never saw it fully. Oh man, that. You know, for a Michael Bay movie, it's one of his ones that makes sense a little bit. Like, there's a couple That's of shots. What a lot of people say. Like there's a couple cool. shots that are too Michael Bay where, you know, it's like the random ass camera angle and it's super quick. And you're like, ah, that's how you know it's a Michael Bay film. You know, like war movies always like get me down because like, you know, usually everyone ends up dying or most of the cast ends up dying and stuff. And I like always like I always enjoy them when I watch them. But for some reason, I always avoid them because I don't want to be in that mood when I watch a movie. Yeah, you know what? And the only thing I'd say about this one is like the story behind it is what makes it so much better to watch. And if you yeah. if you don't know the story and you watch it, you kind of get surprised by the ending. I'd say, um, but but like you feel like the story. Then obviously you can go and read the story, the book that the guys were a part of and whatnot. Um, I have the book too. I didn't. I have to finish it, like start and finish it. I started it before, but I didn't finish it. But I don't know. It's just a fun movie. Like it takes that story and makes it so good. But then, like obviously, all the shit that those people went through is just. He did I'm gonna a good have job to go on it. a binge and watch. I'm gonna have to go on a binge and watch all those movies. Like I've never seen that. I've never seen Lone Survivor. I've never seen uh, the Hurt Locker. I'm like, I think besides Hacksaw Ridge and 1917. I have not seen any other 
war movies in like the past like 10 years. Oh, wow. so like, yeah, so literally you kind of like, I missed all the modern ones that have come out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But the modern time ones. I think it's because like, um, Private Ryan like freaking scarred me so much. You seen Black Hawk Down though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fuck it. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll have a movie day. <laughs> and then we'll just record oh, like, gosh. we'll record, uh, the recording, we'll just pause it after we watch each movie. Commentary. And then talk about it at the end. So then we'll just have one long episode that's just talking about each of these movies. Yeah. As we go fun. on. Because I, be I, I have like almost all, like all of those. Yeah. Like my Amazon account has like Lone Survivor on it, Act of Valor, whatever. I got 13 hours on Blu ray. Oh. Uh, I'm down for a movie marathon. I feel like I have some Bring other ones. This is, the, this is like the super based episode after it's done because that's all we're, we're going to be so fucking patriotic after we watch all these. <laughs> we should watch it uh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Day before. Yeah, yeah, the day before the July. Okay, well, what a fucking batch of fucking films to watch. Yeah. On that day. Yeah, we'll have to make a list of all of them. I had to watch them in year order too when they came out because I feel like that helped. Like, not that it matters, but there's obviously like film and techniques and whatnot that changed across all those. Yeah. Because American Sniper is the first one I noticed where like fake bullets were flying mm. through there or like digital holes were getting put in walls. Really? In a couple scenes. I don't think it's in all the film, but it was the first one I watched where, like, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I like this movie, but then, like, obviously I watched it a few times. I'm like, okay, I like this movie. Yeah. Man, no. Like, the only, and honestly, the only reason why I saw Hacksaw Ridge is because my fiance made me watch it, and I, I ended up liking that. And then I saw 1917 in theater because there's very few movies about World War One. Oh, no. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to see this movie. And that movie is freaking amazing. Because it does like the one continuous take thing. Yeah, yeah. Which was that is so cool. insane on their part to like attempt that and then they'll like yeah. pull it off. Yeah. It's just, that's mind boggling. That's so mind boggling to wrap a head around to be like, damn, like they did that. Like obviously it's not one continuous take, but the film. Each scene leads to lead yeah. into the next. Like, yeah. To do that. that and, man. Man, what's another one? I don't know. I'll have to make a list. I'll make a list and we'll do that. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I think I own all, like, everything that we should watch. And then we'll just add extra ones onto it. Like, well, those are all, like, the true story ones. Active Valor is not a true story one, but it's got the, <laughs> you know, active Navy SEALs in it. Yeah. So that that could be a that could be an ad or not. Cuz I don't know if it's needed, but why not? Yeah, I mean I got it. And then I feel like I feel like we'll go through all there and then we'll just like watch Extraction on Netflix just cuz it's a decent action movie. Yeah. And they they have a really cool one-shot acting scene in it in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Down. Just shift gears a little bit. 
I was, uh... Hold on, I got... They were supposed to... Hold on a second. Sorry about that technical difficulties. Uh, go ahead. Shift gears. One last small point before we go. We've been on here for a while. Sony was supposed, supposedly supposed to release the date that God of War came out today, and they didn't, and I'm pissed off about it. Um, I didn't know that, but I saw that the new Hunger Games movie got a release date, so I guess that's what happened instead. I could not care less about that. No, I didn't either. I, I, I saw like IGN posted it. I was like, okay. And it's not even a trailer. It's like a teaser trailer. It's like a book trailer. Because it's all it does is like, it just says like, you know, hype titles and whatever. It's just like a title sequence. It's like, well, that's fucking dumb. Like, that doesn't make me want to see it. But yeah, that. So what do you think? Like, they're just waiting for Comic Con to do it? So that's coming up? Well, that rumor came out because everyone keeps. The rumor mill is it's going to be delayed again out of 2022, which would really suck. Um, and then supposedly this rumor came out yesterday that they were going to say today the release date of the game, and but then they didn't. But then uh, Corey Balrog, the, the game's director, said everyone should just be patient and uh, basically said the game wasn't going to be delayed to 2023, but they still didn't release the exact release date. And that's like the only game since uh, Elden Ring that I've been looking forward to. Yeah, that's pretty. That's shitty. I mean, I guess the only outcome is like you hope that the delay means stuff's. Because, like, how do you look at it? Does that mean stuff's going bad? Does that mean stuff's going good? Well, it's like and... a del- so many games are delayed, and it just depends on how long the delay is. Mm-hmm. Like, supposedly it was supposed to be September, but we're pretty close to September, and usually you would know by now if a game's coming out that soon. So now everyone's thinking it was, like, internally delayed, and now it's going to be, like, November. Yeah. Uh, video games just sort of, like, piss me off anymore, besides the ones that actually, like, work out. I just remember the days when they released a date, and, and sometimes it was, like, two years in advance, yeah, and you'd like wait those two years, and it would suck. But then the day finally came, the game came out, it worked, and you played it for a week or a month, and you didn't have anything else to worry about until the next one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I think. That's the thing. Like, I miss the old days of video games, and it's not even like it was that far away. Like, no, we're still like really seven was. years ago. Wasn't that bad? Twenty fifteen. Was it honestly? I think the worst thing in the last decade maybe was like Rainbow Six Patriots getting canceled and Rainbow Six Siege coming See, out. For me, for me, it was Scalebound. That that Xbox exclusive where where you got to write you're the yes, guy who wrote the yeah, dragon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was so hyped for that game. And apparently, they were really far in production. Is what the uh, rumor was on that game, and then they just Microsoft just canceled it. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen here 2013 to 2017 it was being developed. That's all, yeah, that's that's shitty. Yeah. I think I kind of remember it now. That's kind of, that's it wild. It looks really good. In any game where you can, like, ride a dragon or, like, have, like, a companion a dragon, like, I'm a sucker for that. So I was, like, hyped. Yeah, I think, yeah, for me it was just that because, like, Siege was cool, but it wasn't Rainbow Six. And then, like, yeah. There's that trailer for like Patriot where like you're on the golden, 
was it Golden Gate Bridge or I remember that Bridge? Trailer. It looked really cool. Guys got the yeah. bomb on them. They can't get it off. So you just throw the person, you know, sacrifice yeah. the few for the many, and they throw them off the bridge and blow. So everybody was like, like looking back now, everybody's all like, you know, cringy about like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. But it's like, there's a possibility that that shit happens. Like, it's a sad reality, but like, you know, they it it worked for what the game was representing because it was going to be like this super USA terrorist attack plot or whatever it was. And I mean, I I was like, even Vegas, Rainbow Six Vegas is cool and it's plot Mm -hmm. and shit, you know, maybe I'll play through that. I feel feel like the, uh, the first person shooter genre, it needs some reinventiveness and some creativity because uh, yeah, that's just book. Battle Royale's fucked everything. Yeah. And like, I love Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege was a great game, and I played a lot of it. And I feel like that was the last truly great FPS that I've played that has come out. I yeah. played a little bit of Halo, and that was pretty, the newest Halo, that was pretty yeah. good. But, and nothing has really been like, wow, this looks really good to me. Right yeah, now. I think if we just like backtrack through those real quick, like Siege. Worked as a game, obviously, if you like multiplayer games and all that. But if you're a fan yeah. of, like, Rainbow Six itself, it was nothing like it because you couldn't, you know, no. it was a campaign yeah. mode. Yeah, I can definitely do mode, You know, like, it was, like, taking a franchise name, throwing it. They could have called it something completely different and still would have worked game-wise, I think, you know. Yeah. Because um, it was, you know, it's Overwatch in a different manner, in a sense. Hmm. Um, Halo, we waited years and years and we still got an incomplete product Yeah, out of it. The co-op beta is supposed to start next month, I heard, which is cool because I want to play I want to play Halo with a friend because I could play every Halo game since the first one with a friend. But, yeah. I mean, I stopped playing it to play it with a friend um, campaign-wise. Like, I was having kind of fun playing it's different or whatever, but, yeah, then Battle Royals or everybody else's, you know, the... The campaign modes, arguably Call of Duty Modern Warfare, we talked about it before, like rehashing it or whatever. It works campaign-wise and all that. Multiplayer was good, but nothing's... If anything, they're the only one story-wise that's actually pushing something, I guess. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's not that great. I just like the, the heyday of the first-person shooter was like, the Xbox 360 PS3 era. Like, there was so many different ones, and a lot of them were unique. Like, you remember Fear? Yeah, yeah. I love Fear. I think and I love Resistance on PS3. Yeah, Resistance. Uh, like, there's, there were so many of them that. Like, well, there was I the oddball off. ones, because everyone was trying to be like a Halo killer if it wasn't modern. Like, Haze? Yeah. Did you play Haze? Yeah. Um, I downloaded the demo on PlayStation, and I said, this isn't a Halo killer. This sucks. And I've never bought it. And then I, like, I think the, the, the sales suck too on that game. You know what? It I didn't think it was too bad. It has, like, the typical, like, role reversal in the game. Where you yeah. start on one side and then you fight for the Rebels by the end of it. But there was yeah. actually some really cool, like, levels in it that I remember. Cause, I, maybe I should have given it more of a chance hey, then. I, I have it. playing I, I just remember it was hyped up so much as being like the Halo killer, and that's what everyone said. And then yeah. I played it, and it wasn't that. Yeah. In the demo, and then I'm like, I'm not buying this. 
I just me we we played it a lot because it had co-op campaigns. So we like played through that, obviously. Yeah. And then we they it had a free mode like time splitters and shit where you mm-hmm. bot mode. You know, you could throw bots and you yeah. you could be on either side and have abilities or whatever. But that's what you know. I do got that. We could play through that too. We could start. We could do all these like nostalgia trips. But uh, yeah, fear resistance you is said, one. You said time splitters. It made me think of. Did you ever play time shift? Uh, no. But I think I. That was the first person yeah. shooter where you could like reverse time, like like and like I think you could speed up time and shit. It was, that was. That was a pretty interesting game. I think I always wanted to get it, and then I never got it. But I, I do remember it, looking it up. Yeah, there's there was a bunch. There, you know, it was no one was afraid to do anything. You know, and I third person shooters were fun too back then. I did everything like up until like I feel like the PS4 era, everyone was willing to take more risks and make funner games. Yeah. Now it's just well because everybody know, it's kind of like movies these days. In all reality. You know, even the term Halo Killer was just like making a sci-fi shooter that was better than Halo. Didn't have yeah. to copy it in any way. Now everybody's uh-huh. just copying each other. Or you do yeah. something like Battlefield where you ruin your franchise. Oh, with yeah, You know, so Ugh. it's kind of like a no one wants to take risk anymore. No one wants to be original because it they're they're which, scared to be it. Really sucks. It's the same thing in the movie industry that we've talked about, and I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Well, even like Gears of War got ruined recently. Like Gears of War got ruined, and then there's a lot of IPs out there that I see people talking about that they're like, "Bring this back! It was fun." Like, do you remember Army of Two? Oh yeah, yeah. Those yeah. games were hella fun. I got the first and the third one. Wacky as hell. Didn't make it. The plot really didn't make any sense, but it didn't need to because they were just fun to play. Yeah, and it was the best couch shooter because again, it was yeah. co-op with your friend, and you got to play through the whole game. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, like the shit, like shit. Maybe we'll do that. Plug the PS3 in because I got that <laughs> PS3. I got the third Army of Two on Xbox 360, so we'd have to switch consoles on that. But... Whatever we need to do. Yeah. But... We can go down a whole rabbit hole on, on that topic. No, for sure. But, uh, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, good episode. Thanks for everybody listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Later.